This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. It's Sunday morning and uh, I'm sweating buckets here. I'm sweating because we're trying to work out the route of all these runners and where I'm parked. And then we put it up on Google Maps and we've had a look at it. And it appears to be uh, it appears to be okay. They're not coming near me, but they are just literally up the road. I've got to walk back down and get to the and then drive. Oh, God, I don't know. The stress and the strains that we have in this job. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I don't mind people running in London. I'm all in favour of people being fit, as you can imagine, being a bit of a guru in that department. But it's just when you sort of think to yourself, I've just got this feeling I'm going to go back there to discover the cars being lifted up on a low loader. Uh, the Ripper in Cash Whinge, Bananas About Pyjamas, uh, Chezza's Bezzy, and uh, Brooklyn Beckham's got a job with a camera. Well, there's no end to Beckham's uh, talent, is there? Certainly no, no beginning to it. And so this time, he's landed a job with Burberry, taking some pictures, because he was a barista, do you remember? He's a failed footballer. He's, he's tried being barista, not much cop at that either. And, uh, and then he tried being a celebrity, and that was a bit of a disaster. And so now he's a photographer for, uh, for Burberry. It's just in an effort for Burberry to try and drag some much-needed publicity for the company. And so they've hired him. And then, luckily, there was somebody taking a picture of, of, of Brooklyn so that then you can get the picture in the paper. It's good, isn't it, really? That's kind of the way it works. Uh, the woman who, uh, who attempted to try and get £33 million out of the lottery... Uh, is on the front page of the the Sun on Sunday today. And, of course, they've had to tart her up. She's apparently already been offered, wait for this, uh, we're such a caring country, uh, she's been offered 500 quid to make a porno film. Class, isn't it? And you won't be at all surprised to discover, ladies and gentlemen, she's on benefits. And I ask the question only because I'm curious. What's her illness? What, what, what is it that means she can't work? She gets 120 quid a week. And apparently she's always buying lottery tickets. And she, if she wins, she spends it on clothes. Well, I mean, she can't win that often. That's why she tries to fiddle. But, uh, you know, so they've tarted her up in the sun. It's still rough. There's no two ways about it. It's still rough. And she's still not a very pleasant person. But apparently there's an agent willing to sign her. But then he seems to go for these low-life low people. And uh, it's quite funny. I'll come around to him a little bit later on. He's an interesting case in himself. His, 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 his website is either the biggest work of fiction or he's the biggest agent nobody's ever heard of. So we'll come around to that a bit later on. Uh, plus, what else do we have today? Oh, yes, Angie, time to Bowie out. Yes, I mean, you've milked it, darling, for as much as you can. Now go away and try and be a useful human being. Uh, the cocaine swallower. I mean, this is, I mean this, these people have got to be stupid. You've heard of swallowers. These are people who arrive in uh, from other countries and they've been paid an amount of money to deliver cocaine. What they do is they put it into condoms and they can swallow anything, I think up to 100 condoms. Uh, the danger is if one of them bursts, you're dead in minutes. Simple as that, OK? I can't, I can't impress on anybody more than that. So what do they find the other day? They find a guy who's been caught shoplifting and they arrest him and they take him back to the station and at the station he swallows a packet, not even a condom, a packet of cocaine. He's dead in two hours. Two hours, that's all it took for him to die. And you can't help thinking, I mean, did he start from a base of zero? Surely, if, you know, if it's in a condom, you might stand some sort of chance of getting, you know, of getting that through your, your body and you might survive. It's a bit touch and go, as you can well appreciate. And these, these people, you see them being stopped at the airport and you can see them going into contortions because, you know, they're not used to having this much stuff in their stomach. He just swallowed one packet. And, of course, 
it obviously opened in the stomach, as it could do with all the acids in there and everything else. And so he's dead. And you can't help feeling, you know, it's always the people, isn't it, who supply the cocaine are the ones who should really be held responsible for it. My argument was always, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in listening to the bleatings of Daniela Westbrook and her cocaine addiction from years ago, which then reoccurred. Uh, all I want to know is, who's your dealer? Don't actually write a silly little book that nobody's interested in. Who, who's your dealer? You know, she, she claimed she'd been threatened and all this kind of stuff. She also claimed, didn't she, a short while ago, that the dealers, ever since it was announced she was going back into the house, had been phoning her. And I thought, what, you haven't changed your number? You've kept the same number so the dealers can call you. More stupid than I thought. Uh, mind you, talking of a bit stupid, they're all in the papers today. Oh, Lord. I mean, it really is. It's, it's a day for the, uh, for the balmy mads. The balmy mads here. Uh, boring old Chloe Maidley's got some tedious story in one of the papers. I can't remember which paper it was in, actually. It's kind of been that of interest to me, but I, I did earmark it. Uh, it's because she's telling you that uh, her boyfriend might have proposed to her. Like, like anybody cares. They say that she was a reality star. She was never a reality star at all. Absolutely not. No, no, no. The only thing she's famous for, she's got uh, Richard and Judy as her parents. Uh, but Gemma Collins, over in the Big Brother house, uh, Gemma's mummy, has come out and said, I fear for her safety. Uh, well, you should have brought your daughter up properly then, shouldn't you? She's a foul-mouthed, disgusting person. I mean, I've never heard anything like it in the house. I mean, seriously, I've heard some bad language. She says, there are so many nutters out there. Excuse me, darling, look at your daughter. I think if you're talking about nutters, I think there she is. Vile, foul-mouthed, disgusting, cheap. Dear me, I mean, you could use every single cliche under the sun. You know, you don't think that your daughter's, the, you know, the, the person who's instigating all this kind of stuff. And the mum fears a violent backlash. You're more stupid than she is. Goodness, so what's the matter with you? Have you seen her in the Big Brother house? What, you think she's being portrayed badly, do you? She said, I'm worried that people might, might do something to her. Really? Like what? Like, what, what do you think they're going to do? I think the main thing they would have to do is avoid her. They say fans have turned against her. Um, well, nobody likes her. Nobody's ever liked her. That's the trouble. The only people who like her seem to be ex-jailbirds who are looking for a, an easy... Well, you know. And uh, anyway, she's also desperate for Gemma. This, this is the mother, who just sort of kind of exacerbates the situation. You know, if you kept your mouth shut, Mum, it might make it easier for her. But, of course, you've just made it worse, haven't you, really? But then I wasn't expecting you to understand that. Uh, thugs, Stephen Mortimer, served two years behind bars for grievous bodily harm. And uh, Gemma's... Been in the Big Brother house, he was thrown back in jail for breaching his licence because he moved out of his sister's home to live with Gemma at her pad. So she's been harbouring criminals as well. I mean, really, you can't... You know, for 34, she's got to be the dumbest person on the planet, hasn't you? Hasn't she? But uh, Joan says, I'd like her to find someone better. That's what we all pray for. Oh, God, we all pray she goes abroad, love. We've been praying for you and her and anybody else in Towie to disappear abroad. Make it so much easier. She feels sorry for people, but I don't know why she does. I hope there's someone really decent and lovely out there for her. Are you serious? Are you serious? You can't be serious, can you? Somebody decent and lovely. What, to go out with that foul-mouthed woman? You must be joking. All she wants to do is uh, be married and have children. God, making her feel a bit queasy now. It's almost the same as Kerry Katona. I'm doomed to more disasters in my love life. Well, you better pray you are, love, because otherwise you've got nothing else to sell. What else? You know, we've seen every aspect. Next thing, I suppose, you could make a tatty little film, but she's been out. But do you see Brian McFadden let rip the other day? Somebody wrote on Twitter. He went, oh, I did this. And somebody said, oh, your, your career's taken a turn for the worst or something. Uh, and then somebody else wrote, you call that a career? And Brian lashed out with, I'm going to come round and wrap your mouse cable round your throat. He said it, he said it was said in, in fun. 
like it sounds in fun. But uh, poor old Kerry, she doesn't have much luck, does she? Mainly because she's her own worst enemy. All these people are, you know, you can literally list them, you know, time and time again. There are people on there and you think, well, you should, you know, you, you've just made it worse. It's like Kelly Brook. Kelly Brook apparently has got a restaurant. Do you know how much they charge? I mean, I, I thought perhaps I was, I was reading it incorrectly. One customer complained that after buying, wait for this, a £380 bottle of Grey Goose vodka, his party was breathalyzed by bouncers and told to leave. £380 for a bottle of Grey Goose. I mean, the markup must be, must be some going, isn't it? I mean, a bottle of Grey Goose is about £31, £32. Uh, probably wholesale, you get it a bit cheaper than that. The markup couldn't be, could it really? It couldn't, I'm so serious, they couldn't get three. Mind you, I know that for uh, a particular champagne, uh, Cristal, you can, I think that's about 150 quid a bottle in a lot of London clubs. I think they're looking at about 450 quid. But that's being sold to thick footballers, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Because, you know, a fool and his money is soon parted. I mean, if you'd I mean, I could never go into a club and go, I'll have a bottle of Cristal, knowing how much it costs wholesale. I'm <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Thank you. And <coughs> oh, blimey, honestly, it's all I... Not, not a cold. Please, God, not a cold this morning. Anything. I don't want to lose the car and have a cold. I don't mind one or the other. So here we go. Grey Goose, French vodka, 70, CL 36.47. And uh, that's sold by Amazon. Is for a bigger bottle? Can we go for a bigger bottle of Grey Goose? I mean, I'm assuming it can't really be. Let's have a see what else we've got here. Um, no, we don't, don't seem to have found anything. Uh, no, a one, one litre bottle. Is that a litre? Thirty. It's even cheaper, that one. A litre's cheaper for some reason, which is OK. Pardon me. And, uh, but we can't find a bigger bottle. Their mock-up can't be that good. 36 quid a bottle, and then it becomes three... Oh, there you go. A magnum. A magnum of Grey Goose vodka is only seventy one ninety five. They can't mark it up to 350 could they? Could a li- I've never even seen a magnum. 175 CLs, that is. That seems quite nice, doesn't it? I must be honest, if you're going to buy a bottle, you might as well buy a decent-sized bottle. It's the point of piddling around with a little little bottle of it. But it couldn't, it couldn't be... A- oh, wait a minute, there you go. Oh, you can get three of them. The Grey Goose magnum, uh, a fridge magnet... And um, with, a, with a thing on there and another bottle of vodka. And that comes at £111. I mean, all three... I mean, wait a minute. Do you think Kelly Brooks giving you the free fridge magnet or do you think she's actually... She's keeping them? <laughs> I like the idea, actually. I like the idea of that. <laughs> £350 is a hell of a markup, isn't it? I understand there is markup in these places, but... Uh, Good Lord. I mean, that, is, that is something, isn't it, really? Uh, walking the dogs, loving the show, says Barry. Quite right. And uh, you're right on Gemma Collins looking more like a butterball every day to me, says Steve. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's when the mother comes out and starts defending this woman. She's 34, for goodness sake. You know, we're not, we're not talking about a 12-year-old who's being bullied in the house. She is the bully. She is the nasty piece of work. She is the foul mouth. I mean, I'm sure that the family must be delighted the way she's turned out. You know, fat, bloated, and with a foul mouth on her. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect, could it, really? The embarrassing thing is she's from Essex. And 99% of people in Essex distance themselves as fast as they can. They don't want to go anywhere near these people. Uh, so very pricey and poor food, uh, Kelly Brooks, posh eatery. I mean, would you seriously... I mean, somebody who's, who's a model, 
You know, would you really want to go to their eatery? I don't think so. Not my kind of thing at all. I did have, what did I have the other day, which I quite liked? Chicken Kiev. Chicken Kiev and mashed potato. And it was, it was, actually, with, with, um, with Brussels sprouts. It was quite delicious. Quite delicious. Uh, also today, oh, just, I know you're going to worry about this, and I want to help you out, because it's, it's not easy. Uh, I've got the dates for the X Factor Tour 2016. So if you want to get a, a pen and a piece of paper, I'm sure you'd be very... Very willing to hear those. And also, I've got the Peter Andre tour date. Dates, sorry, I do beg your pardon. I was just wishful thinking. And uh, there's, uh, there's a few of them to write down. And he's going everywhere from Leicester to Ipswich. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a really big tour for Pete'sy. Uh, in between, you know, his other commitments, because Pete's very busy looking after the gorgeous M's. Uh, who's, we couldn't work out the other day. Did we work out she was a psychiatrist? Or, I'm not... You think she's a doctor in a hospital? Right, OK. We're not too sure, actually. Whatever it is, she spends a lot of time doing that peculiar posing, which makes her look slightly scary. But I think she's obviously learnt that from old Peetsykins. I wonder how long he takes to his hair in the morning. Perhaps we could run a book on how long Peter Andre's hair takes to actually do. But uh, he's, it's a big tour, and I don't want you to miss out. I want you to make sure that you can get the, uh, get, get the tickets in for, uh, for that one. So that's how caring we are this morning. Apparently, Grey Goose three-litre bottle at World Duty Free is 200 quid, says Rich. Oh, right. There's a shop on Old Compton Street that sells the three-litre of Grey Goose. 380, says Brian in queue. Well, you need to go to the World Duty Free. It's 200 quid. It's much cheaper. You don't want to go to Old Compton Street, Brian. What does that tell us about you? It means you're hanging around in the wrong part of town, mate. 18 minutes past... No, it's not. It's seven... One, two, three... 17 minutes past six. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 6.20. It's Steve Allen's sort of pre-breakfast. I don't like to... I've got, what could we call a pre-breakfast show? I don't know. We have early breakfast show during the week, and this could be sort of... I don't know... Breakfast or something. It sounds a bit like an illness, doesn't it, really? What have you got? Breakfast. Oh, I've got cream for that somewhere. So it's 6.20, you don't have to, there's no point in getting up, seriously, I promise you, there's nothing worth getting up for at all today. Uh, the run you'll probably see on the television later on, a lot of people, there'll be people obviously dressed up as sort of polar bears and stuff like that, because they're calling it a winter fun run, and I think they can have cannons shooting off snow. I bet the street cleaner's going, not again, not again, not more rubbish on street, why do we have to clean these streets all the time? I, re- I agree, they make it worse for people. And so there's a snow zone, there's a ski-themed drinks station... Think they'll be doing that Grey Goose vodka by any remote chance? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Okay, you can all come in and okay, okay, just have a cup of vodka. Whee! Here we go. Rip your clothes off. Run through Trafalgar Square. That'll make it more interesting. Okay, now I know I know you're you're desperate to know what what the dates are uh, for the X Factor, and so here we go. And it's it's a really cracking lineup for the X Factor. Okay, it's a bunch of people who'll be either auto tuned or they'll be miming. Uh, Reggie and Bolly. Wait a minute, didn't we have a story? Oh, we've got a story about Reggie on the front page of the same paper that's advertising him as being on the X Factor tour. So we'll come round to that in a minute. Uh, plus we've got, um, God, this writing's so small. Uh, Louisa Johnson. She, she was the winner, incidentally, in case you'd forgotten already. I, I didn't even know who she was. A bit embarrassed. Uh, somebody called some, anyway. Anyway, they, they sort of go to... At the Aberdeen Arena, Glasgow, Brighton, Bournemouth International Centre, Leeds Arena, Birmingham Arena, uh, Cardiff Arena, London the O2, Nottingham Arena, Liverpool Arena, Newcastle Arena, Sheffield Arena and Manchester Arena. Uh, And these all start on the 12th of February and we run all the way through, which uh, coincidentally actually is just as well for poor old Pete Andre, 
who isn't doing any arenas at all apart from the O2. So what he's actually got, he's got uh, the Leicester de Montfort Hall, seats luckily still available, the Nottingham Royal Concert Hall, quite, quite a lot of seats available there, I believe, uh, the Brighton Centre, that'll be very good for Peter on, not, not too far to travel, home, uh, the Plymouth Pavilion, very popular venue, I think, uh, the Cardiff Motor... Oh, he's doing Cardiff. He's doing the Motor Point Arena. Do you think Peter Andre will seriously sell the uh, the Motor Point Arena? You so want to go, don't you? Just out of curiosity, but I don't want to spend the money. I'm a bit mean. Uh, the Bristol Colston Hall. OK. Birmingham Symphony Hall. Bournemouth Bick. London, the O2. And then after London, which normally is when you finish, the next day they send him up to Ipswich, to the Regent Theatre. And uh, there are seats available, so uh, get in now. What they don't tell you is... And we'll have to find out on the programme this morning, because I'd love to know how much seats are to go and see Peter Andre. But if it, at one time, and I don't know if it's me or if it's happened over the past few years and I've missed out on it, when I look at all the shows that I might want to go and see, I'm looking for a price. I'm looking for a ticket price. And, you know, there is not... The only one that there's a mention of is on the X Factor Tour. Tickets from £19.50, subject to booking fee. Um... There's nothing about it. Calabro, support from A.J. Brown. I've no idea who A.J. Brown is. Uh, Tori Kelly. Uh, Jason Derulo. That'll probably do very well, won't it? Uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Oh? I've never heard of these. Who are these people? Could be anybody. They could be stilt walkers or something like that. I don't know. But we need to find out seat prices for Peter Andre. Can we find out just how much? For, for example, at the O2. I mean, how much are they? How much are they going to uh, take us for for a, a, a nice ticket? You know, probably. I might want to do a meet and greet as well. I might want sort of Pete to come and shake my hand. But I have a feeling he'd be a little bit oily and greasy. You know, because I reckon he puts loads of product in his hair and stuff like that. So how much are we looking for? Let's have a let's have a quick look. There's loads of people appearing at the O2, aren't there? There's Peter Andre. It's a lovely... Pete, Pete does take a good picture, you know, because he's a singer. And he takes a really good picture. OK, this is for Sunday the 20th of March. Are you all free? Should we go? Should we do a block booking? And uh, let's see how much we can get a seat for. OK. Uh, there's a limit of six tickets per card holder. Right. There's a booking fee. OK. Oh, here we go. Uh, so, oh, floor seated A. They've all gone, have they? That's all gone. OK. Uh, floor seated B. These are £70 seats. Where is that? Oh, that's OK. That's for in front of the stage. So that's that's good. And do we have any seats there available? Could could we maybe bought bought by six? Could could we get six of those, do we think? Uh, let's see if we can get six seats. We're just sort of clicking on to it. We're just, uh, I will ex- accept split seats. What's that? Is that a seat that's broken? OK, six, good God, six tickets. That's, OK, bearing in mind that yeah, they are available. Uh, bearing in mind, these were £70 seats. Seven sixes are 42. How is the total £483? So, in other words, the fee there is six regular at £1.50, and six regular service charge is £9 per seat on top of that. So your £70 seat has now gone up. So it would have been £420. There's an extra £63 on top of that. Well, I'm sorry, Pizzikins. I know it's nothing to do with you. That's how the venue operates. But uh, I, th- I think you'll be looking at a lot of empty seats because it's it's quite a big venue to uh, to see... I mean, it's, it is it is quite a big venue. I think he might be pushing it a bit on that one. 
I don't think Peter Andre is big enough to actually sell the O2. What they should have done is th- the upper tier's closed, is it? But even so, that's a lot of empty seats. That's a lot of empty seats. I think what I think what they actually should have done is put him in the other bit of it. Or can we have an, a VIP experience? Can we have a VIP experience with Peter Andre? I wonder what that involves. That sounds quite good fun, doesn't it? Perhaps we could... Uh, here we go. Uh, Peter Andre tour dates and VIP experiences. Meet and greet. A meet and greet. Are all these sold out? We can do Birmingham. Well, the actual venue is sold out, is it, of, of tickets? Oh, only the VIP meet and greets. Oh, right. So can we do Birmingham? How, how much is Birmingham? The other ones have sold out. Perhaps, he's, perhaps he only meets a couple of people. OK, what you actually get... Uh, <coughs> sorry, how much? £250 for row 10 or 279 for row 2. You can select your choice of ticket. And what you do is you get a meet and greet with Peter Andre before the show, an autograph and photo opportunity. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Autograph and photo opportunity. Does that mean that's extra? That sounds like it's extra to me, doesn't it? Bespoke wristband. Woo, a bespoke wristband, ladies and gentlemen. Full itinerary sent in advance. Peter will arrive on stage. He will sweat profusely. And, uh, and that'll be it. What do you mean an itinerary? Uh, an event host. An exclusive pass to the sound check with Peter Andre. OK, I'll do it for you now. One, 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 two, one, one. OK, that's it. That's the sound check. Uh, meet and greet with Peter before the show. And the option of a reserved seated ticket or an upgrade to row two. So price, ah, wait a minute, price is from 250. Wow. This experience does not include a concert ticket. That one, good Lord. Wow. It's it's the Bespocky Tour wristband, ladies and gentlemen. I want one of those. Don't you? Cool, Bespocky with Peter Andre. Wow. That's so exciting. Expect to see him on television very shortly. Publicising the gigs and going, uh, yeah, there's still a few few seats left. Uh, Ems will be there and the kids. We'll drag them all on stage like we normally do. Very exciting, isn't it? I don't know why he bothers, actually. He's only doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten gigs. But I suppose Pete's diary is pretty full. Pretty full. That's a, but, uh, but they've mainly sold out, not, not the shows, the meet and greets. Because I'm assuming there would be a limit to how many he would do. How many meet and greets? I mean, how many? that's a lot of money, isn't it? I thought I'd do a meet and greet here. Come and meet Steve Allen. At LBC in the morning. I have to get up very early and I'll meet you outside the front door. We can have a picture taken. We'll sort of swap sherbet and orange lemons and um, it'll be a pound. You know, and you can have a picture taken. Imagine actually charging to have a picture taken. God, bit of an insult, isn't it? But they say it's an opportunity. And to me, yeah, the only ones available are the ones you don't get a ticket with it. I think that's a lot of money, don't you? From 250 quid for Peter Andre. I mean, I'd, I'd expect that if it was going to be Gemma Collins... You know, or somebody like that, and perhaps, you know, a free free Kentucky Fried Chicken dinner thrown in, or something like that. And when I say thrown, I mean thrown. Um, I think that's quite a lot of money, I'm afraid. I do think it's a lot of money for somebody who's not very well known. You know, nobody abroad knows who Peter Andre is. So, uh, and uh, will he, but what, what, what will he be singing? His one hit. Good God, I mean, how many times can you sing that? Although, actually, for, um, for Spirit in the Sky, Norman Greenbaum, that was his only hit single. And they did it. I think 45 minutes they did. They, they, they booked a venue in America years ago when the single first came out. When I die and the lame do rest. And they got to the end of the song. And then they started all over again. He said, we must have played it about 30 times. And I thought, you know, 
That shows great, great fortitude, ladies and gentlemen, in sort of the light of people who possibly wanted to stone you to death, I should imagine. It's uh, 6.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 7. If you're getting up this morning, then uh, join me in my little workout. OK, here we go. And there you go. Lift cup up. Take sip. Put cup down. OK, that's quite enough. We'll do some more exercise next week. No, no point in pushing it. You don't want to do anything that's going to exert you. Uh, what else do we have? We had uh, Rebecca Adlington. I'm so bored with this woman. I mean, I really couldn't care less. So she was in the Olympics. Big deal. Get over yourself. Now, of course, she's not in the Olympics. Now she has to uh, tout her carcass around and do uh, and do reality shows. So not really interested. Not really interested. Um, more from Kids Company. Nancy Delusional's in the papers today as well. A couple of them. They've actually bothered with this poor woman, honestly. This poor creature. Imagine. That's what I see Gemma Collins being like. Just a slightly bigger version, of course. In years to come, no career, no nothing. I don't really know what's, what's going on, actually. Um, and we will have, later on, the uh, the fun run details, you know, exactly where to avoid in London. You don't want to run into 15,000 people in shorts, do you, today? Some dressed as polar bears and penguins and stuff like that. Oh, dear. What's the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, yes, David Bowie. I was quite surprised at that. When they said David Bowie left 100 million, and then I suddenly realised that David Bowie was at one time absolutely brassic. He lost everything, and he had to sort of start clawing it all back again. So it's only relatively recently that he started making the money again. So the hundred million, and and bearing in mind, I would love to find out what the royalties are from this year alone. I should imagine that must be at least at least another twenty or thirty million pounds, if not more. If Adele can make what was it, twenty million in a year? David Bowie's got what nineteen albums in the top twenty or something, or top fifty or something, whatever it is. That's got to be worth fifty million at least, at least fifty million. So he left a hundred million, split down the middle, half goes to the uh, to the wife. And so wait a minute, what have we got? What have we got in the in the album? Best of Bowie. Uh, we've got uh, Black Star at number one, number three, the best of Bowie. Then we've got number five, Nothing Has Changed. Then we've got number nine, Hunky Dory. Then ten, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Uh, then we've got Aladdin Sane at number 20. Uh, then we've got 27 is Low. 28 is Heroes and 30 is Diamond Dogs. And then we've got 31, The Next Day. 32, Station to Station. 36, Scary Monsters. It goes on. 42, Let's Dance. 43, Young Americans. And then The Man Who Sold the World, which is actually a great album, uh, at number 52. And where's it? Number 63, Pin Ups. 66, Lodger. I didn't remember Lodger. Uh, Space Oddity at 79. Um, and that's it. That's in the top 100. That's got to be worth 60 or 70 million at least. So the kids get 25 million each. Which is, I mean, to be honest with you, um, they're such a private family. And we were talking, I was talking about this with my godchildren the other day. And I was saying that nobody knew he had cancer, only his very, very closest friends. Nobody, nobody told anybody anything about it. They all kept it very secret. They were obviously extremely private. His ashes are going to be scattered as per a Buddhist ritual uh, in, is it Bali? Something like that. And, and I thought, that's, that's nice. That's nice. And he left 100 million which is about 70 million quid. So the wife gets 50 million dollars and the kids get 25 million each. And then there'll be the royalties that come in every year. So it'll be like Yoko Ono. 
who rakes it in over John Lennon, with Bowie um, and the downloads and everything else. And I wonder how many studio sessions there are still to find. You know, there might be albums that they say, well, he'd recorded this material. It's like with Phil Collins. Phil Collins you're going to hear on In Conversation next week, I hope. Uh, we've already recorded the interview, and uh, he came in. And what they've done is they've taken all of his albums. They're releasing two every month of uh, Phil's original albums. The artwork is the same at the front, but it's a new photograph. So, in other words, it's done exactly the same as the as the old one, except you look at it, you go, that's a new photo. That's what he looks like now. And uh, and he's re-recorded some of the songs inside there, and they're doing that for all of the albums. So that's, that's, that's very clever. Very, very clever. Very clever. Uh, split seats means... Will you be willing, says Alan, to be seated separately? It's a bit pointless, because if you're booking for six people in one booking, you obviously want to be seated together. Yes, I mean, that's what they mean by split seats, is it? I thought that a split seat would be something that Gemma Collins had sat on. But no, a split seat is, is where they go, right, so you're this side of the aisle and we're that side. Well, why would you want to sit with other people? Yes, I, I agree with you. That's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Thank you to uh, Pauline in Hawaii, which is uh, nice. And uh, do they get a discount, says Phil, by using all the arenas in the X Factor tour? I think it's a, I think it's a standard booking, isn't it? Uh, Neil ventured to North Weald Market yesterday. So did we. So did we. We were in North Weald Market. Uh, bright and sunny, but very cold. Within five minutes, the sky turned black, quickly followed by an icy hailstorm. We were back in the car in seconds and on our way to the Shopper's Paradise, a.k.a. Harlow, Chav City. How many pawn shops does a town need? Perhaps we should have booked a table at Unico, which is where we went yesterday, because we were going to eat uh, late. Well, I say late, about five o'clock yesterday. We'd booked for Unico in Bishop Stortford, and then we decided to go early. So Nathan went to pick his girlfriend up, who, ironically, Neil, comes from Harlow. She, so, of course, we had loads to talk about. And surprisingly, she was the only one at the table who liked Gemma Collins. Nobody else at the table liked Gemma Collins. So uh, that, that, that was quite nice. So we did go to it. And the funny thing is, I was looking at all the car parking spaces at North Weald when that market used to be mega. I mean, now, seriously, you could, you could shove it all in one tiny little corner. It's, markets are dying. They're not the places that, uh, that they were before. You know, they, they used to be the place before. Now they're not. Now they're not. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Valerie says, I find it strange. During an argument that Gemma Collins had with her friends, Bobby and Charlie, in 2014, she shouted she was 34. Strange. You could be the same age two years later. Well, I always thought she was 36. I always thought she was 36. I mean, I, I really did, actually. Will says, if you have to ask the price, can you afford to go? Oh, Will. How naive of you. Of course I can afford to go. I'm on the radio. Don't be silly. <laughs> of course I can afford to go. It's just that I wouldn't... I mean, I've got better things to do with my money. I seriously have. I've, I've got sort of things that I think, would I do that with my money? No. And I, I wouldn't want to spend that much money. But uh, the good news is that some of my family came up... I, I say the good news because they went to see uh, Billy Elliot and they loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I said, well, it's coming off. You need to go see Billy Elliot. You need to get seats booked in. You know, really, because it's it's such a good show. I mean, I promise you, it's such a good show. A little bit of bad language, but it's it's it it makes you smile and it makes you cry, and it's it's well worth it. War Horse is coming off. You need to book in to see War Horse. You need to go and see that as quickly as possible. And Bowie's longtime producer Tony Visconti has said he left behind five demos that could well become another new album. Also, a series of anthology albums before he died, he planned. Tony also confirmed, contrary to some rumours, he didn't actually write a book to be released after his death. And Tony would know because he'd known him for, for years and years and years. 
So uh, so now you know. So five demos could be another album, couldn't it? Because they, they, they do all sorts of things now, don't they? They, you know, they bring out albums, studio sessions, long-forgotten things, because it's all got monetary value. And in the case of Bowie, you know, when you listen to some of Bowie's early albums, I thought they were fantastic. I mean, I grew up listening to stuff like that. I really did. I thought it was absolutely marvellous. And uh, I'm amazed Peter Andre's appearing at the Birmingham Symphony Hall, says Pat. Normally they only have the creme de la creme. Well, I mean, to, to his fans, he is creme de la creme. They would be... Peter Andre would be like a big deal. The fact that I don't actually see him as a... A sort of a credible music artist. I just see him as a jack of all trades. You know, Peter Andre oils his way around the British public and so, you know, because Pete loves his kids. We want to point that out straight away because I know that you're all worried about things like that. But no, he absolutely adores them. That's why he puts them in all his photo shoots. And uh, a little M's as well. It's hard to believe he's married, isn't it? Do hope it lasts. And um, and loads of other people as well who pop up on the television. Some of whom we like, some of whom we uh, we don't like, some of whom we sort of watch. And sometimes we watch through uh, through sort of sort of hands put together going oh my god they're on the television again and so they uh, and they then try and tart people up and they put them on the front pages of the papers and uh, once they get on the front pages of the papers then uh, it's kind of it's downhill after that because married x-factor star reggie bombarded a female fan with a string of sexually explicit texts the dad of three from the runner-up Reggie and Bolly, who can't sing for toffee. I don't want to be rude about it, but dear Lord above. Uh, he also begged the girl he met online for naked pictures. Oh, dear Reggie. That's a bit silly, isn't it? So let's do the whole story. Um, being a good husband and dad, it's Reggie's brand, but it's fake, said this girl. He wanted videos, pictures, the lot. And uh, he actually told her, I could spend the whole, I could spend the whole day feasting my eyes on your body. Oh, that's sweet. It's so deluded, isn't it? Honestly, some people are so stupid. And uh, the star, it's not a star at all, just a dirty little man. One half of the runners-up portrayed himself to viewers as the perfect dad to hit the big time. Oh, but you and I know, ladies and gentlemen, come on, we're old hands at this. We've been doing this for years now. If they go, listen, my life is so perfect, you know damn well around the corner there's some bimbo waiting to come out and say, actually, it's all fake. Uh, lottery loser Suzanne What's-Her-Face has been offered 500 quid to star in a filthy porn flick. I mean, you'd have to be pretty desperate for that one, wouldn't you? But anyway, showbiz agent Barry Tomes. Ta- Barry Tomes is very interesting. He has... Uh, he only ever appears to me to sort of latch on to... Um, he's, I think he's got White D and somebody else. But if you read his website, it's the Barry Tomes Media Group. And uh, apparently, I mean, he really is. It's a huge organisation, Stig. Huge. At any one time, you read this, at any one time, he can be... uh, No, uh, yeah. With hundreds of artists at any one time representing them. So we are working with hundreds of artists. And then you go on to client list past and present. And so I was curious. Lulu, the Beach Boys, the Three Degrees, the Saturdays... Slade, uh, D. Kelly is White D. I think that's about the only believed one so far. Shaken Stevens, Daryl Pandy, other people. And so you go all the way through it and then you go to his pictures. And uh, he's, got, he's got pictures of him with, with celebrities. Gallery for Artists Info. Click on photo. And the first picture is with Emma Willis. Well, she's with, uh, she's with the James Grant Agency. She's not with Barry Tomes whoever he is, and he's just got... All it looks like is he's got pictures with various people, which you're then supposed to deduce. He's sort of managing. And I'm not totally convinced he does. I don't think he manages Alan Carr at all. Uh, Jimmy Carr. 
I don't believe he manages half these, but he just looks a bit odd, doesn't he? And so he's leapt on the bandwagon of, uh, of a liar. Well, I don't know where. There's White D. Oh, I've got White D. Do you want a picture taken? And so White D hoves into view, having sort of taken our cash for years and years. Now, apparently, she's a celebrity, only in her own mind. And here, she, here he is with Kiefer Sutherland. Do you think he manages Kiefer Sutherland? No, I don't. I don't. I, th- I like the idea that they've got pictures of loads of people who I shouldn't imagine he's ever managed at all. He's just turned up to an event and he's had a picture taken. Oh, do you, th- do you really think he's with Russell Brand? Do you think he's Russell Brand's agent? I don't think so. I don't think so. It does look slightly delusional, this this uh, website. Very delusional, because they're handling hundreds of artists. And here's a lovely picture of him with Brian Wilson. And Brian Wilson looks like he's holding up an album. So it's- And also, that was a long, long time ago. When Barry looked average, and that's the best you can say about him. But uh, I'm sure the papers will have a field day finding out exactly who he's managing. I suspect it's uh, it's one of these, let's try and pretend it's bigger than it is. Because if all he's managed so far, he gets himself in the papers with all the people that you hate. You know, the white D's and people like that. Is that your phone buzzing or is it mine? I just heard this buzz going on and I had, had to quickly look at my phone to find out if it was, if it was me or not. Wait a minute, is it telling me I've got a lottery win? Oh, God, it could, I couldn't be so excited. Oh, I've got a lotto lucky dip. Oh, riveting. Oh, look, another one. You've won two lotto lucky dips. Whoopie-doo, whoopie-doo. And then a bit further down, yeah, dear Steve, your ticket's been stored. Dear Steve, some news about the ticket that you bought for Friday. Oh, dear, why don't you just tell me I've got a million quid and save all the embarrassment? Really? It's uh, just gone quarter to seven. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. It's uh, 11 minutes to seven. Right, let's go through the uh, the papers, shall we? And let's see what we can... What can we drag out of them this morning? What what celebrities are in? The, uh, the front page of the Sunday People is a little bit depressing. Uh, Linda Lusardi talking about the tumour the size of an orange in her stomach. Uh, also, Kimberly Walsh. You not feel, every time you see a picture of Kimberly Walsh, you'd never believe it was her wedding coming up. Because there she is, old Cheryl Spagbol gets into every picture. And she's got so much makeup troweled on. I mean, they're in Barbados, for God's sake. Nobody wears makeup in Barbados unless you're being photographed. And so here is uh, Cheryl trying to look like she's sort of got something going for her. And then Fury at John Inman Abuse Pro. Police investigate claims he sexually assaulted a boy of 13. He's dead, for God's sake. What do you mean, assaulted a boy of 13? I don't believe John Inman would ever do anything like that. That's, that wasn't his sort of thing at all. Not his sort of thing at all. In fact, even his... Uh, his uh, niece says, the thought of my uncle doing something like that is simply unbelievable. After Savile, people say all sorts of things. I know some of them are so so fantastic, you simply cannot believe them at all. And uh, they, he, he has stayed at this particular hotel, uh, but even so, you know, why do people come forward so many years after somebody dies? Is it because they sit there thinking, is this worth money? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm slightly disturbed and quite rightly, the family of John Inman are furious at this sex assault claim. It just wasn't his sort of thing. He was so into show business. just wasn't his sort of thing at all. But then people say all sorts of things now. We realise after 300, was it, nearly 400 people came out and said they won the lottery. Quite clearly, we're living in a society where people tell lies and are quite prepared to sort of push it all the way up until the court date. And then they go, oh, actually, I, I, was, I was making it up. Like, like the woman. I never said I won the lottery. I never said I won the lottery. No, but uh, you did try and claim on a £200 scratch card, didn't you, dear? And you are due in court on theft charges, and you have been in court on other charges. I mean, you kind of have a little bit of a history here. 
So I'm not remotely interested. The fact that somebody wants to sign you up, I find I find dreadfully pitiful, I'm afraid. I find immensely sad that any agent, and of course it's always the same one, nobody else would touch her with a barge pole. Not exactly, you know, not exactly fighting over her. Not exactly fighting over her. 84850 Steve at lbc.co.uk, and we shall weave everything in on the programme. Uh, David Bowie was indeed a very private person, as indeed... Uh, with the entire family. Well, I think they managed to keep it all amazingly quiet. Amazingly quiet. Seriously, normally in this business, you know, things things sort of get uh, get sort of revealed about somebody. I remember after Freddie Mercury uh, contracted HIV, the papers couldn't wait to actually get a picture of him walking out around his home in Earl's Court, looking absolutely dreadful. And that's what they did. And that kind of dragged him out because up until then he didn't say anything about it but because that picture was published and they were going oh what's the matter freddie and it basically sort of pulled him out it was like you know i think when they um do that to out people in the media they know somebody's gay uh because they've heard all the rumors and they think right how are we going to out them and years ago it used to be failed rent boys who used to try and i remember when russell harty was a rent boy went up to the house he'd been mic'd up to try and get him to confess to things. I couldn't, couldn't quite believe it, but there you go. Dreadful. Um, I think that uh, the way that uh, Bowie had arranged everything is amazing. His ashes, no fuss, no shouting it from the rooftop, says Noreen. Looking forward to seeing Phil Collins when the tour starts, hopefully. Yes, I think it'll be a small tour, Noreen. I think a very, very small tour. He's not planning on, you know, I think he's thinking theatres. Well, that's what he told me anyway. Um, I did read says David, uh, that Gemma Collins charged people to have their photo taken with her. Well, I'm, I mean, I could see that because you'd need the extra wide lens, wouldn't you, on the camera? You're not going to get her in a normal one at all. I'm surprised there is a lens big enough. I'm not an avid follower of Celebrity Big Brother, but watch the highlights to catch on. But is it is it sort of really um, uh, Gemma Collins looking like a cheap, foul-mouthed version of the wonderful Diana Dawes? Yes, there's a little bit there, and that's where the similarity ends. Diana Dawes could string two words together and act. Gemma Collins can't act for a toffee and also has the worst mouth you've ever heard. Seriously, I mean, it's just... You need to sort of, you know, carbolica, I think. It's dreadful. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. Uh, friends of mine went to see Billy Connolly in concert. They said it was very sad. Very sad, because they said he's now... He's very old, and because of the uh, dementia... And the Parkinson's, they said it because I, I said to him, I said, what was it like? Because I've seen him before when he was at the height of his fame and uh, he was absolutely untouchable on the stage. So much, so much energy, so much energy. Now, he obviously wants to do that. He can't play the banjo anymore. And I've got early albums of Billy Connolly where he uh, he sings songs where people join in. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. I've got a couple on cassette and he's really, really super. And uh, to see somebody who is who is now you know, getting quite ill and obviously wants to do something but can't quite get there is really heartbreaking. They said it was terribly, terribly sad, but lovely to see him anyway. And then I was watching Prunella Scales and Timothy West on their canal barge thing because they've actually got a canal boat. They have their own because at one point they went to a festival and they took their own there. And that was nice. I, I, I thought that was a very gentle programme. Very, very gentle. I hope they bring it out on DVD. If they do, I shall buy it. Because uh, Prue is obviously also battling, I think, dementia. And I think that's very difficult. Having worked with her before, I know exactly what she's like. And she'll be so frustrated. But this is a very gentle programme, you know, where they're just sort of pootling along by the side of the river. And I thought, I could quite happily do that. I thought that was a nice thing. I thought that was a nice thing to do. Uh, Stig's in. <laughs> 
<laughs> we always have to wave through the door every Sunday. It's a ritual. We wave through the door. Uh, flashy was Catherine Zeta-Jones this week on the red carpet. And trashy was uh, Megan McKenna, who went out without any knickers on. I mean, really, if you want to be a brass, then be a brass. But don't, don't try and pretend that you're anything else, please. It just looks so awful. Uh, Rocket Man. David is the Pocket Man. David Furnish. Uh, is looking after Elton's finances, which is lovely. We're all very thrilled about that. And the new drama for the car crash couple, The Beers, the Kyle lie detector says they've both cheated. Good. <laughs> Can't help thinking good. Couldn't care less. Go cheat with anybody you like, dear. Doesn't make any difference to me. Why should we be, you know, sort of worried about it? I watched Jeremy Carl shouting at somebody on the television the other day. Did you cheat on her? And I thought, come on, bring, bring the wife on now. Bring your wife on. You know, that's what I wanted to say. Don't shout at me. You can't even look after your own marriage. Because that's what he does. He makes his living doing it. So I think we're fairly entitled to say something back. Kay Adams always looks like she's a failed dominatrix on Loose Women. I don't know why. For some reason, I don't know where this image comes from. I imagine Kay Adams in thigh-length boots and holding a whip. I've got no idea why or where I got this idea from. But every time I see her there, it's there's just something about her. She's a bit too twee. A little bit too twee, and I don't do twee television presenters at all. I like people a little bit, little bit more down to earth. I like the Jane Moore types, the Kay Adams, a little bit too. Oh, I'm a professional presenter, you know, and it kind of grates with me. Kind of grates with just a little bit actually. Uh, what have they got here? Oh, they're talking about the sharp intake of breath when Daniela Westbrook warned Stephanie Davis, otherwise known as that bad drunk from Big Brother, that she'd never work again after going on yet another drink-fueled rampage. And uh, Kay Adams says, ever heard the expression pot calling the kettle? Exactly. If anybody's career was completely at rock bottom, the one person who's not getting calls is the agent of Daniela Westbrook. Uh, Stephanie What's-Her-Face's agent, I should imagine, must be wringing his or her hands going, she's completely... I mean, she's just a drunk. And that's the best you can say about her. A drunk, foul mouth. I mean, the other day I was watching a scene where... Apparently, the man that she's been playing around with it. She's got a boyfriend on the outside, so I think I'm fairly entitled to call her some sort of tart. And and he, the, the bloke who gets evicted, who was the one with all the tattoos up his neck, who just looked slightly odd, um, gave her a, a medallion to wear. And so she's sitting there, and then, for some reason, Darren Day comes out and goes, you should be really proud of that, because that, that signifies, you know, what it is and all the rest of it. But uh, after giving us laughter, they say Stephanie has been inundated with offers of work when she gets out. As what? What, what sort of offers of work? Who, who would be offering her work? What, I mean, what, what sort of people? Appearing to bolster the claim, manager said the public could identify with her vulnerability. What? What a load of old codswallop these people come up with. Her vulnerability. She's a drunk. She's a drunk floozy. What do you mean, her vulnerability? There's no vulnerability there. They do try and flog these poor people, don't they? But don't worry, she'll let herself down eventually. I mean, she's clung round him. They look like they've had sex a few times. It's, it's all a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? As I say, a drunk old tart, ladies and gentlemen. And on our televisions, not so good. Uh, other one here. Uh, going to, uh, to Dublin for the day. And, uh, and Brian says, uh, would you like one? I can collect it on the way back. Oh, look, there we go. Look, the Grey Goose Vodka. £205. He's taken a picture of it for us. Well, that sounds very nice. No, I mean, luckily, I, 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 don't, I don't drink that much Grey Goose vodka, but it does look very nice, actually. It does look very nice. Thank you for the kind offer. <laughs> Thank you for the photo. I'm very impressed. And um, Billy Connolly was one half of the, hundle, the humble bums with the late Jerry Rafferty, says Darren. I've, I've got 
all these albums of him singing, really good stuff, actually. Yeah, really, really, really good stuff. And people joined in, and he was, oh, just really marvellous. Like to talk. Uh, like to talk. Uh, somebody said that somebody else has passed, and I shall have a check on that one uh, during the news. I don't like to say that people have passed on if we haven't actually found out that they have. So, hello. Looks like Nanook of the North, doesn't it, really? Honestly, the reject from South Park's arrived. What do you, I mean, put your hood up. Put your hood up. South Park. There it is. Or failing that, did you ever see the film Scum? (laughs) You look like the girl on the back of the motorcycle. Anyway, coming up very shortly, it's the news at 7 o'clock this morning. It's LBC. Uh, The Camerons enter their son for a top private school. I'm a clotto, but I didn't fiddle the lotto, she says. Kelly Brooke gets engaged to a French kickboxer who doesn't speak English. The Ripper in Cash Whinge. We want him out. We want him in a normal prison. There's nothing the matter with him at all. Bananas about pyjamas. Uh, the cocaine swallow man who is dead. Brooklyn Beckham's got another picture in the papers. It's a bit tedious. Boring Chloe Maidley drones on about her dreary life. Oh, she's a top fitness. No, she's not. And uh, guess who's died at the age of 89? Frank Finlay, the British Oscar-nominated actor. He played opposite uh, Olivier. And I remember him from a great programme called Bouquet of Barbed Wire. More on him, other side of the news, which is next. On... This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Sunday, 31st of January. So, um, last day of the month, isn't it? So tomorrow must be the 1st of February already. It only seemed the other day I was singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Wrapping Presents. And here we are, heading into February. Uh, Have you paid your tax? I only mention it, I only mention it, because some people might be forgetting. Uh, the boob scrounger who blew three grand of your money on dodgy gnashers. Honestly, we seem to be plagued with these people, don't we? In America, they call them trailer trash. We call them reality stars. Uh, Linda Lusardi and her tumour. Farewell to Findus. Oh, I used to love Findus crispy pancakes. And uh, the new drama for the car crash couple, The Beers, and Rebecca Adlington. <gasps> Do live it alone, dear. Very boring. And Angie, time to bowie out. He's dead. You can't make any more money out of him. We've heard all the stories. It's tedious and boring. Frank Finlay has died. He was 80, 89. And as I say, I remember him from Bouquet of Barbed Wire, uh, which was a, a series about, I think, if memory serves me, a married man who had an affair with a much younger woman, and it was considered very racy-pacy. But uh, he had a, a wide-ranging career, stage and, uh, and screen, but he's died at the age of 89. He also uh, worked alongside Oliver Reed, Richard Chamberlain, Michael York. Um, I think he was Portos in the Three Musketeers film. I think it was Portos in the 1970s. That would have been with Richard Chamberlain and Ollie Reed and Michael York as well. So he's passed on. But at the age of uh, 89, the grand old age, I never met him. I don't think I ever met him. I don't think I ever interviewed him. I'm pretty certain. Uh, Five past seven. We will have at quarter past seven this morning. We're going to make sure the travel department bring you up to date with all the road closures in London. Because for this uh, run this morning, I think they're calling it the winter snow run or the winter whatever it is. Anyway, it's going to be a lot of people, 15,000 out on the streets. So Trafalgar Square, all these roads are already sealed off around there. So if if you're not coming into town, don't bother. Because you're not going to drive anywhere till about three o'clock this afternoon. 
Uh, you can get round some of the back streets, but avoid anywhere around this part, so around the Garrick. They're going from uh, Trafalgar Square. They're going to go up... Where do we say they were going to run up to? Trafalgar Square, they were going up the Aldwych, down the Aldwych, going all the way round there, the Strand, and then sort of coming all the way back round again. But it, they're doing it in three lots. So unless you're taking part or you're going down to sort of shout encouragement, don't come anywhere near it, because you won't be able to park anywhere. You'll have to get there by public transport and we're not even sure about that producer had to go and park down by waterloo water he's walked from waterloo it's the only way he said there's nothing of course i managed to find someone much closer than that because uh, you know it's diffi- i mean it's difficult for him to sort of get to uh, to where i am and vicky verka as they say and uh, 84850 steve at lbc ray says the uh, the one on big brother was told by her dad on the telephone he and everybody was so proud of her no mention of him being embarrassed by the actions Yes, I mean, I love it when they say that. We're really proud of you, darling. You've really done well. rest of the country thinks you're an old tart, but, you know, we think you're really good. Because otherwise, what do you do if your parents think you're an embarrassment? Is this Stephanie Davis? I'm assuming she's dreadful, honestly. These people, their language. You know, I mean, the, the nearest thing to swearing I've got round here is bother. You know, an oblast or something like that. I mean, I wouldn't dream of using any of these other words. It's just so unnecessary. Shows a distinct lack of education, but there again, she didn't look like she had an education in the first place. Uh, on a recent visit to my uh, to my family in Essex, says Angelina, um, I went to the Gemma Collins shop, just for the intrigue. Says on the door, if you're thin, you can't come in. I'm a size eight, so I went in anyway, just to annoy her. She was in the shop, loud and fat, and she does charge for pictures unless you're buying something. <sighs> As an Essex girl, I'm glad I live in Spain. Yes, I mean, they bear no resemblance, these people, to anything in, uh, in Essex at all. You go to, I've told you before, you go to any of the Essex shows or stuff like that, you don't see people who look like that. You really don't. Uh, chip Chip Array, because fish and chips is back in. It is our favourite food. It's delicious. When we went to Unico last night, um, so I was thinking about the food, actually, and I always have a steak with a peppercorn sauce, which I love. But uh, they've got all these... Best fish and chip shops. And you know what makes the fish and chips? It's the batter. It's the batter on the fish that makes it from a a normal meal into something really, really nice. It's got to be a crispy batter or a light batter. And and, and I suppose there would be some sort of formula so that they could all adhere to, to the right stuff. And it's the fish. And you've got to make sure that the fish you're getting is the right fish. And unfortunately, you can't tell the difference. I promise you, you cannot taste the difference. If somebody says, would you like to try this fish or this fish? And they go, which one do you think is cod? You wouldn't know. You would have no idea. That's why whenever, the, only, the only fish you can tell when you go to the fish and chip shop is, is if you have Dover sole because it's flat. The rest of it, and that could have been pummeled down with a hammer, couldn't it? You don't know, do you? Sometimes you sort of break open the fish to see what it looks like. If it's white and flaky, it's fish. But, that's, but you don't know. I mean, I, I, could, probably, I could probably taste the difference with, with haddock. Because haddock's fairly strong. And I like dogfish. Well, don't turn your nose up. You're such a snob, honestly. Dogfish. Just because I'm common and come from a poor working-class family, you turn your nose up. You rich people are all the same, honestly. You look down at us working-class boys. <laughs> no, dogfish is rock salmon. That's what we call it in the fish and chip shop. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden you like it now. Oh, we like it because it's got the word salmon in it. We didn't like it when it was dogfish a minute ago. And the only reason I like it, shall you the reason I like it? Because at least you can see where the blasted bone is. It's right down the middle. And you could just lift that out. And that's nice. But it's got to be... We had chips last night. They were crispy chips. I like crispy chips. I could eat crispy chips now, actually. But you can't. I can go home and get crispy chips now. In fact, I'm going to have some for breakfast. 
with I'm going to have crispy chips and I'm going to have a um, a ham and mushroom omelette. <laughs> Honestly, how the rich live. This rock and roll lifestyle, I tell you, it's going to get me down. It really is. Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca Adlington. I don't know why she's bothering, actually. Swimming sensation. Darling, it was years ago. It was years ago. Let's not go on about it, shall we? She's doing this jump programme. Apparently somebody's been injured already, which you knew that they would be. And, uh, and she's been on everything else. And she's married a swimmer who looks about a third of her age. But I'm just a bit bored with her. I don't know why. You know, we've, we've seen people. She says we row loads since we've had the baby. Well, listen, this is one way to kill your marriage completely. Do not discuss private things in newspapers. You know, she admitted things have been difficult. Uh, he's a student on a... He only, as I say, he looks like he's a, he's, a, he's he could be her son. That's what he looks like. They've got uh, poor old Sarah Harding, Sid Owen and Linford Christie. But uh, her parents have agreed to fly her little girl out for a visit. She says, when I'm not with her, I feel I'm missing something. Well, why did you go then, dear? Why did you go? Because quite clearly you're lured by the money. You're lured by the attention. That's why people go out to do these things, isn't it? You're not going out there. So don't give us any old claptrap about, you know, I'm there. Oh, did you see? Oh, the, I, was, I was offered Jennifer Ellison as an interview the other day for In Conversation. I said to the producer, I don't think so. Not really. Not Jennifer Ellison. Hope she's not been booked in. But anyway, uh, she, she um, she's on this programme because she's as fat as a beach hut. And she used to be thin and she had a, a DVD out. And um, and they brought they, they brought out the DVD and then sort of she went on every programme and then they went, oh, yeah, fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And then she puts the weight back on again. And so now she goes on a reality show to help her lose the weight to stop her addiction. And what did they get the other day? A picture of her wheeling a trolley out of Costco, laden with sweets and sugary drinks and everything else. So quite clearly, it's a bit of old fraud, isn't it? It's people who really shouldn't be on the television because they're telling lies. Huss. Huss, says Phil Vickery. Huss, which is dogfish. Rock salmon, my favourite. You see, I like it, but they did a thing on the telly, Phil, where they said that if, if you ask people to try certain fish, they couldn't tell it. I mean, the, the, the producer, they wouldn't know next door, seriously. They just about identify a sausage in batter. I said, you just about identify a sausage in batter. It's only because of the size of it that they recognise it. You didn't know, did you? You thought it was like a conger eel or something. We had this discussion about eel the other day. Ugh, horrid, horrid, horrid. Have you eaten eel? Have you, je- you've eaten jelly deals. Exactly. Uh, that's what I think. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's not meant for human consumption. I'm sorry, eels are meant to just swim about on the bottom and you leave them there. And then I've seen similar things to that, where they, a, a baby whale had died and it sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And then all these little, they look like little eels come in and sort of and eat it. But, and that's why I thought they should have done with the whales the other day. I said, what's the point of burying them on landfill? You know, there's going to be some poor family, isn't there, in about six months' time, sitting down at a picnic table. There's going to be a huge explosion under the ground, and there's going to be, you know, whale raining down on them, and it's just going to ruin the pickle. It's going to be awful. Because already one of the whales has blown up because the gases. They put it in a landfill. A whale of a time, honestly. Very funny. Write, write that one down, give it to less familiar programmes who don't get a laugh. We'll send it to Christo. And uh, you made me say that. You made me say that. I don't... He said that. He made me say it. I don't say things like that on this programme. It's not that sort of show, actually. Uh, what else was in the papers today? I was, I was sort of going through them. It was uh, interesting that uh, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy McConnell is the one who's launched a scathing attack on Sam Reese. Neither of these people would be familiar to you. Jeremy uh, McConnell is the bloke who's been having the fling 
with Stephanie, I'm a drunk Davis in the Big Brother house. In fact, why they give them alcohol, I've got no idea. She quite clearly isn't fit for purpose. When she's sober, she's not fit for purpose. On drink, she's even worse. And so she's been having this sort of fling with Jeremy, and he's now been launching an attack on her real boyfriend, who's on the outside, called Sam Reese, who's a rather peculiar-looking chap who's got his hair done up in a little top knot, like Bam Bam. Looks very odd. And uh, so he's obviously been watching her antics in the Big Brother house and presumably knows all about her drinking, and that's why she didn't, uh, she didn't get any further in her career. Which, as I say, kind of pleases a lot of people. I get so bored with these people. They sort of pitch up on the television. And uh, and you sort of look at them and you think, where do you go from here? It can only be downhill. Years ago, people used their time on television to be uh, to be quite clever and to make sure that they got, you know, money and they got some sort of career. Nowadays, they just get drunk on the television and nobody's interested. Nobody's interested. I do laugh at old Brooklyn Beckham. It must be so nice to have a family who are so desperate to get their pictures in the papers. You know, I mean, really. We had a thing the other day. It was... Um, David Beckham kicking a football around. God, it was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. David, And then I get on a plane and I come to England and I'm at Old Trafford. And you think, yeah, and so, so, the uh, marry me Maidley. Chloe Maidley, James has talked about us tying the knot. This is reality star turned fitness queen. She's not a fitness queen at all. She certainly wasn't a reality star on Life with Rugby Hunk. God, she must be so desperate. Of course, if you saw what she really looked like... You'd be laughing, ladies and gentlemen. Little Miss Plain is out there dredging out the same old story she did about three weeks ago. James has talked about us tying the knot. Well, do it then, dear. Don't drone on about it. Makes you look boring, doesn't it? And that would never do. Quarter past seven. Morning, everybody. 7.20. Phil says, uh, smoked eel, the best with warm potato salad. You're not getting the vote round here, Phil. (laughs) We're definitely not going for it. So instead, he sent me a picture of a plate of chips. Which is quite nice, isn't it? Because we like chips. They only pretend. If you were a magician, you could lift that chip off there and just eat it, couldn't you? But I'm not. So, smoked eel. I can't. I couldn't even entertain the idea of smoked eel. It's obvious. It's, it must be something in our psyche that goes. We don't eat certain things. It's like I wouldn't want to eat cat. You know, and yet I know that they do eat cat in China. They have cat restaurants. I know that they eat also they eat dogs and so I mean I just I can't do things like that stewed eel not the stewed eel stewed snake anything like that I can't eat anything that moves or crawls around you know that that to me is like a big big no no dreadful dreadful eight four eight five zero cbwc dot co dot uk and eight four eight five zero sorry cbwc smoked haddock. Poached in milk is nice, says Brian. Yes, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I do have sort of bitter, sweet memories of Haddock and school. And I'm learning to, uh, I'm learning to sort of overcome some of my fears. I think the, the, the fear with fish for me is bones. The fear is that I'm going to get a bone stuck in my throat and I'm going to choke. And that's, and that's the thing that frightens me. If I'm only going to get a bone in my mouth and I can't eat the rest of the fish. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? Some people don't, don't bother about things like that. Not me. Not me. When I was doing A-level biology, we had to dissect a dogfish that had been kept in formaldehyde. Put me off rock salmon for life, says Helinka. I'm so glad I never did A-levels. Imagine, why on earth did you have to dissect a dog? For what possible reason? I mean, what, what would that be useful for? <laughs> Bouquet of barbed wire, says Jeff. Very powerful. And sad to hear about the death of uh, Frank Finlay. Also in Casanova. Uh, yes, the uh, it was about an incestuous relationship, wasn't it? I didn't want to use the word incestuous on a Sunday morning. I thought it was maybe a little bit disrespectful to certain people. But, uh, no, great actor, great, great actor, which is uh, 
which is sort of, it's good in this day and age, isn't it, that we actually have actors that we actually like. Uh, skate, apparently, is readily identified. Like fuss, easy to eat off the bone. I do enjoy the challenge of soul, though, to leave the head, tail and skeleton as complete as possible. See, that just makes me feel ill. I don't know why. You know, I really feel ill on stuff like that. Not so good at all. So, the uh, the papers today. So, The Sun, they've got Harry's Harem. And uh, I don't quite know what it is, but I'll find out, actually. We'll find out. We've got uh, Kelly Brooker's got engaged uh, to, a, to a French kickboxer who barely speaks English. Oh, that's nice, isn't it, really? I do. I mean, let's face it, it won't make any difference. She can't string an, an English word together, so there's no point there. Uh, the £33 million jackpot granny on the big ticket storm. And so they've had to do her up. They've obviously got her hair re-dyed again. Uh, she's got tattoos. She's on benefits, incidentally, as I pointed out earlier on. I could see no logical reason, unless she's got some sort of illness. I think you need to get her off her... She can get out there and get a lottery ticket. She can get out there and get a job, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Prince... Oh, it's Prince Harry who's got this little uh, blondes at Suki's Vodka Bash. Oh, dear. Prince Harry spent a boozy night partying with a bevy of the world's most desirable women. And Suki Waterhouse, Poppy, Jamie, Sienna Miller, Cara Delevingne. And apparently Harry was the centre of attention. Of course he is. His grandmother's the queen. What do you mean he's the centre of attention? It's not based on personality, is it? It's the fact he can neck it like the rest of us. He can get out there and they go, uh, Hi, Harry. Uh, do you want to come to a party? Cara Delevingne. Yeah. You want to come back to a party? Why not? And so they go party time and Harry goes, yeah. And then somebody gets a photograph. And the next thing is we're all going, oh, Harry, for goodness sake. Why do you find other people to go out with? Why do you make it so much easier? So much easier to go out with people who, you know, have got something to give. Not just clothes horses. They're really not very exciting at all. Uh, other stories of the papers. Do you know there's a bid? A million pounds for somebody's story. Whose story is worth a million quid nowadays? Believe it or not, Gillian Tailforth. They say she could collect a million quid from a bidding war for the rights to her life story. Good Lord. Um, Sources claim she's on course for a huge payday after a number of publishing houses went to war over the chance to tell her story. Really? What could be interesting? You you can cobble it together quite easily from pieces that are in the newspaper. She's been uh, readily available in the newspapers and done loads of interviews. You don't need to do an exclusive story for a million quid. Well, I wouldn't have thought so anyway. I mean, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Um, But uh, here, one says she's going to do very well. There's a huge interest. Doesn't one of them involve... Sex in a lay-by. Sorry to mention it on a Sunday morning. I feel a bit guilty mentioning things like that because I can't drive past lay-bys now without thinking about that at all. Uh, So, having been sent by Phil Vickery a photograph of a portion of chips, which, to be honest with you, is just the kind of thing which you want to liven up your your morning, don't you? I mean, a portion of... I mean, are there things that you you can't eat, do you think? That, you know, where somebody says it's... It's 25 past seven in the morning. Could you not eat a kebab at this time? Would it be inappropriate to eat a kebab? No, apparently kebabs are all right. Would it be okay to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken at this time of the morning? Apparently so, from the team. Uh, Would it be okay to eat a box of chocolates at this time of the morning? Apparently so again, yes. So there are obviously things that you don't need to sort of worry about. You shouldn't have to have things for breakfast. Stephen Mulhern has just tweeted. Sickeningly good-looking. I hate standing. If ever I'm standing next to him, if he comes into reception, I have to kind of move away. Because people think we're sort of bookends. And I don't, you know, I'm just, you know, don't want to sort of flash about things. But he says, without fail, at Steve Allen show is the best show on the radio. He says, thank God it's not on at the same time as Emma Willis and I. 
How lucky you are. <laughs> How lucky you are. I always read all their tweets later on. This building's full of celebrities. I'm the only person I don't know in here. Everybody else is famous. My, uh, a friend of mine said to me the other day, I, I said, oh, I, I talked to F- Phil Collins. He said, you didn't. I said, of course I did. Why would I say I did if I didn't? And he said, really? I said, listen, we are full of celebrities in this building. There is barely a day goes by. That one of the producers, well, I say the producer, one of the producers, uh, because it's a shared job. And, uh, well, it is at this time on a Sunday morning. And he said he came in the other day, he said, and to go no further, right? Don't, don't, do not repeat this. Peter Andre was in the building with M's, OK? And th- th- he was in the toilet. And apparently he was dousing himself in a lot of aftershave. OK, to go no further. I don't want people to start repeating that. Make it sound as though I'm a gossip or something like that. But he was wearing a lot of aftershave. You know when people put on too much and you go, you put too much aftershave on. You shouldn't really be wearing that much aftershave. And he had a lot of aftershave on. I bet he was, was he looking at his hair in the mirror? Was he, yeah, he, he looks at his hair a lot. You know why? Because I think he's got really bad hair and he needs to make sure it's... I reckon if you touch it, it's like concrete. Whereas mine, you can run your fingers through it. And and then it comes away in your hands and it's everything. It's horrible. They were telling me the other day, my, my godchildren, that they have to get a man in every so often. They lose so much hair as a family because they've all got long hair and it goes down the plug hole and it gets stuck half... Well, of course, it's never happened to me in my life, as you can imagine. And it all goes down the plug hole and then they have to pull it out. They said sometimes it looks like a dead raccoon. I said, we don't have raccoons in Essex. Oh, wait, tell you what we saw in Essex the other day. Here's an interesting one. We're in Northfield and we're just driving through. And what should we see with a load of equipment on the back of it but an Islington council lorry? And I thought, how unusual, ladies and gentlemen, especially those of you listening in Islington, maybe in the council offices. What would one of your flatbed trucks be doing down in Northfield yesterday afternoon? They're not running private gardening lessons, are they, or something? Very odd thing to see. We've never seen one before. Probably won't ever see one again after this. But uh, we just and we all went... Is, and it's got Islington in big letters on the on the side of it. Islington Lorry. Islington Lorry. Amazing. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Chloe Madeley. I'm so bored with Chloe Madeley. Lord save us from Chloe Madeley. Uh, the people today, I feel sorry for Linda Lusardi. Um, also, uh, Eamon Holmes is going to take a break from television. There is a God. Thank you, God. Thank you, baby Jesus. Thank you for sparing us from Eamon Holmes because he's going to have a double hip replacement which is good. Also, I turned on the television the other day, and there's, there's the wife, Ruth, advertising one of these juicing things. I must be the only person in the building, together with uh, probably Emma and probably um, Stephen Mulhern and Phil Vickery, to not be advertising a juicing machine. <laughs> They're all advertising juicing machines. I can't get excited over it. I love watching them do it, but I just know it's got the word washing up written all over it, and I'm not, I'm not kind of into the washing up. June Brown has insisted, I ain't broke. People think she's taken the job because she's she's broke and she's skint. But she's not. She said, it's good money and I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate they still want me because you hear of older actresses who say there's no work because people like to see beautiful young faces. Not me, June Brown. I like to see older faces on the television. You know, there's, there's too many young people out there who don't really give very much and start thinking that they know it all. And it's not true. Not true at all. Uh, the nation's favourite, Linda Lusardi. God, I used to see Linda Lusardi all the time, actually. All the time I used to see Linda Lusardi. And, uh, and David's got a new dog. This is Dave, David Beckham. It's just another attention-seeking selfie, I'm afraid, and uh, of no interest to us. And uh, surprisingly, Phil Vickery says, nope, waste of time. He said, fed up with juicing machines. You see, at one time, people had a bread-making machine. 
Because I used to think, and then I used to think that's easier to go out and buy a loaf of bread. And then we then we got the chip thing now. I like my halogen oven. Phil Phil disses my halogen. He's not not interested in my halogen at all. And I thought he'd be big into juicing, but there again. I have been wrong occasionally, except on the time where I can look at it now and say, almost to the second, it's exactly 7.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 8, Sunday morning, so I was going to do the run today. I was going to get out in my little shorts, and then I decided I don't think I can be bothered, actually. I, I just, I really don't think. Anyway, so uh, Phil reckons that you'll see all these juicers at car boot sales in six months' time. See, I don't think you should buy anything electrical in a car boot, but I went to a place yesterday, and you'll know it uh, for those people who live around the area, because it was famous for two people. It was famous for the Beckhams. And that's Sawbridgeworth. And so we went to Sawbridgeworth yesterday on our way to Bishop Stortford. And there's an antique place there. And it's lots of little antique shops. But I found it really interesting. I'm at that age. And I was looking around and I thought, I'll buy some some Clarice Cliff. They had some Clarice Cliff uh, pottery there and plates and things like that. My God, they were expensive. Like £300, £400. And I thought, if you had limitless money, you'd probably buy a load of Claris Cliff. If you'd bought it at the time, you'd be laughing. Uh, Phil did have a quick look at a halogen oven. And that was it, he said. <laughs> you see, the funny thing, I mean, I don't think actually a halogen oven is going to be any good for you. The only reason I mention it is because they use them at Costco. So if you go in Costco at lunchtime, there's about six or seven workstations and they've got a halogen oven there and they're cooking sausages or little things to encourage you to buy something. But they've all got halogen ovens. And I, I do use mine a lot. I use it for sausages. I don't use it for bacon uh, because that splatters, but I use it for doing just about everything. I've never done a whole chicken in there because I couldn't eat a whole chicken anyway, and that would be a bit ridiculous. But uh, I, I do enjoy it, and I realise that it's not everybody's favourite thing. But there again, I'm just... Like, it would probably suit Stephen Mulhern, I would think. I would think so. And probably Emma Willis's uh, husband. I think it would probably suit him if she's out, and then they can... And you could sort of throw together some sausages or something in there. And it does chips really well and roast potatoes. It really crisps them up. If you buy the, the roast potatoes from Marks and Spencers, other supermarkets do them as well. And you could put them in there and then they do go. And I do like a crispy roast potato. It's got to be. I do not do soggy roast potatoes. Uh, Reef Fishbone Steve uh, says, Pat, you are in good company. Do you remember the late Queen Mother was hospitalised because of a fishbone stuck in her throat? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of uh, I, I, it is a fear of mine. It is a fear. Falling over is another fear of mine. I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm, I dread the snow arriving because I thought yesterday it got so blooming cold that it might actually be, uh, I thought we, we, we could see snow. And then I thought, oh, no, I don't want to be into snow or anything like that. Scots chippies use haddock whiting at times. And um, a lot of people enjoy uh, skate. And Kelly is on the way home after a night shift and a vindaloo with extra chillies. You see, you can eat that in the morning. I tell you what I used to have. I would go home and have a chicken korma over mashed potato which sounds disgusting, but I promise you it's quite nice. And I bought haddock chowder the other day. Haddock chowder. So I'm looking forward to having that at some point. There's a race today uh, from Great Bedwin to Newbury. 13 and a half miles. And the kayakers are doing it. And their support crews. It's the Waterside Series. So Connor and Jarvis are down there. 21 portages. I don't know what that means, actually. What's a port? Is that some sort of technical term for people on the river? I quite like messing about on the river. That's my sort of thing. Phil says, you do make me laugh. <laughs> I think that's out of sympathy. He goes, ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> That's Steve Allen. It's not his fault. He's mad. Apparently, bacon in a microwave makes perfect crispy bacon. We've got microwaves here. I think they're industrial microwaves, aren't they? So you've got to be very careful. If you put it in there, it's, it's done, in, in, done in like seconds. Absolute seconds. Um, one of the Chilean miners has got married. Yeah, I wasn't bothered either. Um, and uh, the Daily Mirror. Google gets paid to help collect our taxes. And here is Jennifer Ellison, as big as three beach huts. And look all the food on here. Skittles, twirls, boxes of chocolates, cakes, water, crisps. I mean, it's just some sort of joke, isn't it, dear? I thought you were on a programme where you weren't eating sugar. What's that for? Is it going to sit there and look at it, are you? Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, guess who's uh, up for I'm a Celebrity, the Australian version? Shane Warne, apparently. They've said he's being lined up for it. Uh, they reckon he could be offered one and a half million pounds. That wouldn't pay one and a half million. Pay for him? Do you think it's worth one and a half million? I'd be very surprised, actually. Uh, Stuart, over in Sandy's, because we have, we have our own uh, fish and chip shop, Phil... Um, and he says, I'll, I'll, I'll bone your fish for you. So that's quite good, isn't it? He's, that's what he said he'd do for me. So I'm very, very pleased. Thank you. I've never, never had my fish boned, but, um, um that'll be something that, cause I can't do it. I wouldn't know where to begin. I can't, I can't do anything. I mean, I would love to have, I went to Jean Boat's house. Remember the star of bread years ago? Sorry to name drop, but she's married to Carl Davis the uh, conductor, and I went round to their house when they used to live in barns, and she had a huge kitchen with an enormous table in the middle where you could do baking, and and I thought that'd be quite nice, but as I can't bake it'd be pointless for me to have a huge big table in the kitchen, but I always fancied like a a, a work island, you know, one of those islands in the middle where you could keep the Prosecco underneath it, which would be nicely chilled that sort of stuff but, uh, but have, having my uh, my fish boned by you, Stuart, I mean, I feel duly honoured. They're all very impressed around here that I found somebody who can do that for me. And um, <laughs> sometimes you wonder what you do for a living, don't you? I sometimes I start this programme with all good intentions in the morning. And, and I don't know what happens between the news jingle starting at six o'clock and me saying goodbye at eight o'clock, but some, something definitely goes wrong with me, and I don't know what it is, actually. So, um, so perhaps we can, we can experiment. Do all fish have bones? Does every fish have bones? They were showing the other day, they did it at Billingsgate, and they were showing you this fish that passed itself off as cod, which they sell, and then he held a cod up, and it was rigid, it was, he held it by its tail and it didn't flop over. He said, because that's because of the bone structure in the cod and what it's got to go through in the waters. He said, and it makes it fairly, fairly stiff. Uh, and he held it up there and, by God, it was fairly stiff, I tell you. I mean, I was quite... And then he did this other fish and it just flopped over. So there's obviously... So you, you, need, you need sort of fish that's got... Although when people tried it on a blind testing, they liked the other one. They didn't like cod. God, we are useless in this country, aren't we? Shellfish haven't got bones. I don't like shellfish. I don't like that taste of the sea. I know pe- people think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great, but it's just not my sort of thing. Oh, that looks nice, actually. My friend Stuart says, I went to the fridge for breakfast and I had an apple and blackberry pie with custard. Oh, that's nice. i tell you what is nice. Aunt Bessie does um, jam roly-poly. <laughs> that, that's quite nice as well. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have it. It's, it's terrible, really. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. And... Um, Another one here, uh, Kelly being nice, Selinka being nice, and uh, Thomas says, have you ever bought anything in Iceland? Absolutely, of course, yes, 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 oh yes, I go to Iceland quite quite regularly. Oh yeah, but, oh yes, that's, that's true actually. All fish have bones apart from Hus, which is a member of the shark family, so it's just 
cartilage or some... Sounds even worse now, doesn't it? I feel even sicker when you tell me that. My ex-wife, says Phil, got a bone stuck in her throat in a restaurant in France many years ago. How sad. <laughs> See, there's bitterness all around. Cartilage, not cartridge, you fool. He wrote cartridge. <laughs> the sharp fish can shoot itself. Uh, Cheryl and the gushing pride. Cheryl's over there. She's watching her friend get married, and it's just a wedding. And somebody will pay for the pictures, and we'll all go, oh, look, there's a picture of Cheryl at the wedding. And so she's actually going to get all the, all the publicity, which is not so good. Lottery loser was a scratch card addict. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, it really doesn't surprise me in the slightest, but I absolutely do not care about her at all. And um, relaxing in bed this morning uh, with you, uh, which is nice. Baxter's Cullen Skink Soup, the perfect alternative to your haddock chowder. You see, I do like... uh, Oh, a portage. Here we go. This is where the paddlers jump out of the kayaks and run around the locks. Oh, right. Oh, that's what that is, is it? You live and learn something every day. And um, Jim says they've been fighting for Gillian Tailforth's story, eh? That's because it's A1. OK. <laughs> Is there something going on between you and Phil Vickery? Should Fern be worried? Only if I turn up for lunch. <laughs> if I turn up for lunch. They had last week. He, he did for... It must have been Eamon's last meal. That makes it sound like Eamon's, you know, not going back. <laughs> we couldn't be that lucky. And, um, and, uh, and he did roast leg of lamb. And it looked really nice because they do. Unfortunately, I can't eat lamb because it makes me ill. But I used to have crispy lamb in the Chinese restaurant. Did you ever have that? But it was like the duck, only it was lamb. And he put it in lettuce leaves and he put that. That was quite nice, actually. Looked a bit good like that. But he says here, fish soup always repeats on you all day. I don't mind that. I go to bed at six o'clock. It makes no difference to me what happens after the lights go out. Not that the lights go out all the time. I'm, I'm one of these peculiar people who can sleep with the lights on. I can sleep with... I could literally... You could leave lights fully blazing. I could sleep. I don't have any... Pro- it makes me slightly abnormal, doesn't it, really? I, I could sleep anywhere. And the only thing I hate doing is driving in the car at night um, when it's dark. I'm not good with dark roads and things like that. Uh, oh, yes, it was, uh, it was a lay-by on the A1 between Apex and Stirling Corner, says Alan. Thank you. Uh, David says you can buy um, plug hole strainers for baths and basins, which sit over the plug hole and prevent hair going down. Uh, yes, I, I have heard of them, but I wasn't totally sure how, how good they were. Uh, somebody here, a film about the 50s and with a door in the title, which you've recommended. A door in the title? Might have to ponder on that one. I don't know. I'm, sometimes I, uh, I forget some of these things. A door in the title of a film. No, doesn't doesn't ring a bell at the moment. It probably will very, very shortly. I'll try and get round to it. Uh, lamb for lunch today. That's what they've got in the uh, in the Fern and Phil household. Does it come with roast potato? It'll come with something bizarre. Would it like sort of um, something celeriac mash or something? <laughs> what, if you, what else could you put with, with lamb? I suppose you could put just about anything. But I, the more I think about having jam, roly-poly pudding and custard, the happier I am. We didn't used to have that very often as a child. I don't, it wasn't because my mum couldn't make suet, but um, we used to have other things. Yogurts. Yogurts. How dull were yogurts? Honestly, how boring. But never mind. <laughs> we might have something more interesting today. Look at the time. It's quarter to eight. Leading Britain's conversation. Stig Abel. This morning from eight on LBC. Stick a bit with you just after the news at uh, 8 o'clock this morning. Actually, on the subject of David Lammy, who's complaining about um, 
black people and you don't find people in the armed forces and all this kind of... I'm thinking, but wait a minute, how many Chinese generals do I know in this country? The answer is I don't know any or Asian. It, apply, it applies to everybody, doesn't it? It applies to everybody. Everybody is, is, is not represented as indeed they, they should be. The odd story is the one on the mail. The Prime Minister considers uh, £18,000 a year St Paul's prep school um, for, his, uh, for his son. But that seems quite normal, doesn't it? I thought lots of people put their kids down for schools, if you can get them in. Collet Court, I think, was the uh, was the school. Let's just have a quick check, actually. One, two, three, four. They've got uh, Westminster School, uh, Collet Court Prep. Who went there? Eddie Redmayne, George Osborne, Nat Rothschild. And it used to be down the road from us, Collet Court. It was down the road when we were in Hammersmith, when our studios were down there. The interesting thing is that Collet Court is very famous. It's very famous because it was the choristers from there who recorded Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And um, they brought out an album. And it was that school performing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when it was just, I think, about an 11-minute piece. Uh, Because I think Andrew Lloyd Webber's father was the organist there. Uh, there were various other stories which got into the papers which weren't too pleasant about the uh, about the choir master. But anyway, leaving that to one side, the um, the school became famous. A journalist wrote up this piece, and Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat took off as a musical. Lana uh, here. A lot of people talking about uh, booking holidays this year. Scottish prawns are good. Actually, prawns I don't mind, as long as they're little little prawns. Good luck with the uh, mixing tonight. <laughs> You'll have to make it perfect. Make it perfect. I'm sure you will. I have faith. If it doesn't, we'll know about it next week on the programme, won't we? <laughs> Eight for eight five zero Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, yet another favourite of mine, says Gabrielle Gone, Frank Finlay. Since David Bowie's passing, there's scarcely been a day without another death reported. Yeah, I mean it. It is awful, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, they will say comes in comes in threes. And and I start sort of worrying about things like that. Deborah says, you could have couscous with the lamb. You could have... Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have anything with the lamb at all because I'm... Uh, um, because I'm just... I don't think I'm allergic to it. It just sort of... It just makes me ill. just makes me ill. And um, here we go. So I've got another one. Sorry, I get so many of these texts and emails. You have to, have to excuse me. It becomes slightly self-indulgent on the programme and the, uh, the front pages, you know. And then I've got a picture of creme brulee. Actually, I love creme brulee. It's just custard with brown sugar on, isn't it? Is it anything more than custard and brown sugar? It's very nice, whatever it is, Phil. And so today, uh, with the lamb for lunch, he's having peas, roast potatoes, mint sauce and Yorkshire puddings, or in gravy. He says, I'm very obedient. I like the idea of that. I like the idea. And and creme brulee. How many creme brulees would be feasible? Wait a minute. It's a, it's a French uh, project, creme brulee, also known as burnt cream. So it's a dessert consisting of a rich custard base topped with a contrasting layer of hard caramel, normally served at room temperature. The custard base is traditionally flavoured with vanilla. Yes, I've had a, a mixed one before. And, um, but, I mean, is there any, I mean, how many should you have? I know that for the purposes of this programme and the purposes of being healthy, we should actually sort of say, oh, we should only have one creme brulee. But to be honest with you, it's never, it never seems big enough, does it, really? It does seem quite nice, and I've, I've, I've always been a, a big fan of things like that. I like anything like that completely. I, there's just something... I don't know. They serve them in these little... Is it called a ramekin? 
that little sort of bold. I've learned all these expressions. Seriously, I'm using words now. Years ago, I never would have used. Seriously, I never would have known what a ramekin was. I just people say, "Oh, we're using ramekins," and I go, "Oh, great!" Not knowing what they were talking about, and I look at the. Uh, oh, they make big ramekins, like we discovered this morning, ladies and gentlemen. That they make. Um, Big bottles of Grey Goose, which we quite like as well. I mean, not for me, as you understand, because I'm not a not a particularly good drinker. Uh, on the subject of uh, of cooking, Tricia says uh, my friend in Julie in Hadley Wood, she uh, she does cookery classes and uh, welcome drinks when you arrive, coffee and homemade cake and cookies mid morning. We'd love to see you there. She shows you how to bone a fish. Listen, I I work on the assumption, everybody, that if you can afford to pay somebody to do it, make them do it. It's a lot easier. I have a very good fishmonger in Stuart. I can get all my cookery advice from Phil. I can get all my presenting advice from Stephen Mulhern if I need it. I'm surrounded by an army of people who can sort of actually make me sound a lot better than I really am. Because if you actually analyse it, it's just doing what everybody else does. Only you're doing it here to nobody at all, apart from the producer. And he couldn't care less either way. You know, as long as we find out. Did we do the travel? I can't remember now. Did we do the tra- did we do all the road closure stuff? I don't want you to get caught up in that today. I'm dreading it. So, I mean, literally, in about two minutes' time, I'm going to have my coat on and my Pacamac and all the rest, and I'm going to run from this building. Well, I say run, I shall walk quickly, just to make sure I can get the car out before they start. There's going to be runners. Even as I speak, there'll be runners. Get your coat on now. We need to get... Is, is the, the, the podcast is up and done, is it? Thank God for that. We're all sorted with the podcast. Because you know that we have um, a podcast, and I, I always say to people every week, if you really want to keep up with everything that's going on, then the podcast every day is free. We have a little 10-minute, 15-minute podcast, which is free. But if you go to the LBC website, you can get that app, and you can learn about podcasting from as little as £2 a month. You can download everything on LBC. So not just this programme. There are tonnes of other better programmes out there, and they've got all sorts of things, and things which uh, will amuse and amaze and excite and annoy sometimes annoy quite a lot and uh, those you can download as well all the celebrity interviews you can download and they go back years quite a few, we worked out the other day about five years years seven years we think seven years which is not bad at all uh the sunday express today on their front page statins double the risk of diabetes i'm so bored with reading about statins i know it sounds dull doesn't it really and uh and you, um, oh, sorry i just banged my leg on the table trying to put my shoes on and uh, this is the conclusion of a 10-year research into this controversial heart drug now i think this is for people who not do not have diabetes at the moment this is people who could be at risk of having diabetes david bowie's last gesture of love I do. I do feel sorry at David Bowie's passing. I, you know, I shouldn't because I didn't know him. But it was like the outpouring of grief uh, for Lady Diana. I feel sorry for Linda Lusardi with this tumour. Her and uh, her gorgeous husband. Uh, I'm sure that they will get through it. I feel sorry for the family of John Inman, who's now been splashed all over the front page because somebody's uh, that the police are investigating a claim he sexually assaulted a boy aged 13. Well, he's been dead for God knows how many years. I don't know what sort of evidence you're going to come up with for this one. I can't wait to see it. We've had people before. You do get sick people who make claims about people. And, uh, you know, about a dead celebrity. Slightly disturbing. Uh, Harry goes out on a, on a boozy party. Prince Harry. I told you it wouldn't be long before he went back to his old ways. Uh, I'm a clotto, but I didn't fiddle lotto. This is a woman on benefits. I'd love to find out, this, this woman here, who has a little bit of a history of court appearances. I'd love to find out why she's on benefits. 
Has, has anybody investigated as to why this woman should be earning more than £120 a week? I mean, she doesn't appear to be ill to me. She can get her boobs out and jiggle them in front of the camera for a lorry driver. She appears to be able to go out and buy lottery tickets. What sort of illness has she got that means should we put her on benefits? Somebody needs to investigate that one very, very quickly. Oh, and apparently she's got an agent now. As I say, perhaps we need to start looking at the agent. I'd like to find out exactly who he's got on his books as opposed to the old hogwash, which I've, uh, which I've read. Uh, the Sunday Times, a young black man is more likely to be in prison than at a top university. Uh, the PM lashes the education business, the armed forces and the police are failing the minorities. It's always everybody else's fault, isn't it? It's always everybody else's fault. You know, as I said before, you know, everybody starts off in life at exactly the same level playing field, I thought. Apparently not now. And at least six of Britain's ten biggest multinationals paid new, no UK corporation tax. This is everybody from Shell, British American Tobacco, Royal Dutch Shell. It's all, they don't pay it because they just, everything's moved sort of offshore. Sounds a bit daft, doesn't it? And this kind of thing, if you've just paid your tax, being a self-employed person, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I had to pay my tax. You know, why doesn't everybody else have to pay their tax? And the truth of the matter is that uh, there's ways round this sort of thing. If you get good accountants, they're worth their weight in gold, ladies and gentlemen. Just about it for this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much indeed for your, uh, for your time. Thank you so much indeed for your texts and emails. Always very much appreciated. Uh, we will do it again tomorrow morning from 4 till 6.30. And by that time, we'll have found even more exciting stories in the papers to stimulate your day. We don't ever claim to solve world crises, but we aim to kind of put some of it in perspective and tell you the things which are important and the things which really aren't that important. So don't